Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, I'm going to go ahead and apologize right now for my beige, my beigeness, all my neutral tones in the background. I didn't think about it, man. It would have taken very much room up to pack a, a flag up and bring it here and just pin it in the back of this hotel room. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'm coming live from California, San Francisco, looking over the bay out my win- window right now. So, uh Pretty nice. Pretty nice. It's nice out here. You know what else they have out here? They got really good football. <laughs> I forgot about it. It's yeah, cool. the 49ers. The 49ers actually killing it right now. Brock Purdy completed uh over 90% of his passes. He went 20 of 21 in this in the game when they played the Cardinals. You know, so they they playing great football, man. So <laughs> and they deserve it. They deserve it. They gave us the blueprint. They gave us the blueprint. No. But can we follow it? I don't know. You have to stay tuned to find out. We got a lot of technical stuff to work on. If I don't sound as crisp or clear as I normally am, the boom mic did not travel through TSA security with me. Uh, so I apologize about that. Also that uh, we still don't have the intro done. Our boy, Ma works for Apple. And that, they dropped that new phone, man. It ruined everything. He, he ain't had time to get to it, but uh, we'll, we're working on some new stuff for you. Uh, but Hey, welcome to run it through the jungle. Preview week five, I'm your host, Brandon Harry, a.k.a. Beat Dirt, with your host, Tim Lyons and Justin Lacey. Lacey, what's up, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's another day in paradise here. You know, it's it's hump day. You know, for those that's listening here, we're recording this on a Wednesday. You know, as far as your boy, Mod, that he's in the long in addition to his editing my name to get my little E in there, my last name. Tell him he can give me a new iPhone for the weight on that. You know, that, <laughs> <the iPhone. laughs> 
<laughs> he didn't give me a new iPhone for the wait on that because you know I'm due for an upgrade and I'm hearing a lot of good things about the the newest iPhone, the 15 with the titanium and, and it actually has a new USB ultrasound port for the charger port. So they've kind of gone away from just kind of centralizing to Apple only thing. So good for them, but I need a new phone, Mike. That's that's for that's that's what I want for you know the weight on my on my name mix up there. <laughs> I, I dig it. I dig it. Hey Tim, we're finally on the same time zone. Both I haven't nice. eaten dinner yet either. It's five oh four. Yeah. Who do? How's things going with you, my man? It's going pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh, like Justin said. It's Hump Day. Friday is almost here, and football is almost here. Yes. Yes. Well, hey, we thank you guys for tuning in, as always. Wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, here and there. If you check us out on YouTube, we appreciate you. Hit like, subscribe, notify that thumbs up. Share us with your friends. Every week, I keep telling you, it keeps building. It builds a little more and a little more and a little more. I mean, the team isn't getting better, but our numbers are. So, uh Man, now that I've had some time to digest things after the roaring re, uh, reactions on Sunday, the main question to me is how broken is this team? Like we've we've talked about different things and what they're doing right, not doing right, coaches, players, um, you know, how broken is it? Do you think something that can be righted? Can we write the ship here? Uh, I mean, is it something that's going to take a long term? Is it something that, you know, a lot of people are pointing to Burroughs, you know, calf injury? Is it something we can do between now and that getting right uh, to help help right the ship? Tim, what are your thoughts? First thought is, is I was listening to Joe Burrow today on his press conference, and he said he felt better than, than – uh, then he then he's felt you know this last couple of weeks um they said that they're working on his mobility um so maybe we'll get a little bit of joe popping in and out of the pocket because he looked actually i saw i saw actually saw the practice video and he was actually moving and you know popping back on that on that calf um you know as we know you know arm strength is also backed up by hips you know so in the push off of your back foot um 100%. Yeah. So, uh my biggest thought is this is my concern is um OC Brian Callahan made a made a a statement um yesterday or today I can't remember what it was. Um he said that the offense needed to execute better. Um he said that uh you just don't roll out a whole new style of offense. So, is Brian Callahan blaming the offense not executing well, you know, is it maybe trying him trying to get a little bit of smoke off of his back saying, well, you know, if the offense would execute better, we would be winning games. Well, the way I look at it is this is Joe Burrow right now. I'm sorry. Let me put my glasses on because I can't see where the damn uh, Joe Burrow right now is 87 for 152 completion attempts. We're averaging 3.7 yards a carry. We've scored four touchdowns this year. So how broken is the Bengals' offense? 
You know, is it is it when when is somebody going to take accountability? Is it not? It's not just the offense. Yeah, it takes the quarterback to throw the football. But is play calling is offensive play calling? Should it be called by Zach Taylor, or should they let Brian Callahan call the offense? They should pick somebody out of the seventh row and let them call it at this point. You know, I, I call a better offense for my Madden team than what the Bengals have these last four weeks. Yeah, you know, I mentioned this in our roaring reactions, um, but for those of you who didn't hear it, the, the thing that frustrated me is I, I went into the game thinking I what looked like they thought as well that the short passing game and control – uh, that tempo and stuff was, was going to be the key to their success and, and be their kind of bread and butter because I thought the run defense was more stout for the Titans. But it was obvious halfway through that first quarter, um, maybe, you know, after the first quarter, that the Titans had made a decision that they were going to pin their ears back and go 100 mile an hour at quarterback with everybody they could. And when we ran the ball, we were getting five, six yards a clip. Yep. And we, for whatever reason, refused to make that in-game adjustment and run the ball a little bit more uh, to right. keep them off balance. And, and Joe couldn't get out of the way. He could not scramble. And he was a sitting duck back there. And he took right. some big shots. He took some big shots. We're lucky he didn't, you know, uh, nothing yeah. happened to him. He didn't get hurt uh, further. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of frustrating watching it for me. Um, does that mean that I think we can't write the ship? No, I, I'm not willing. I think our biggest problem is our offense, and I'm not willing to write off Joe Burrow, injury or no injury. Um, I think he can actually overcome some inept play calling. I think he can overcome um, – some of those things, but it's gut check time, man. I, I really look like I, they need some of the the leaders of this team to step up. Um, rather that's having difficult conversations with a coach, rather that's having different conversations with each other, whatever it is, they need to coach it up. Um, Justin, what about you? How, how broken do you think this team is? I had to revisit my notes from our show that we did before the Monday night game against the Rams. And I had stated on this very same podcast, you know, just adjusting the episodes of don't sell your Bengal stock yet. And I also quote, just remove all your expectations of just getting the number one or the number two seed, you know, adjust your mindset that this team had not yet figured it out, but they're getting close. That was my notes. And that was my advice to the fans. Because we had some fans that were super extremists that, you know, this is super concerning after the 0-2 start. And then you had other fans that was like, well, they started out 0-2 last year and they went on this run so we can do it again this year. And then, you know, I believe at the time, Tim and I were in pretty much YouTube, Brandon. We were all kind of like in the middle. Like we kind of understand both sides of it. But at the end of the day, we're done with the coach talk. That was my message to the fans two weeks ago. I'm not on that same train this time around. I'm just absolutely not on that train. Um, I wouldn't even call it panic. It's just for me personally, and I hope they prove me wrong, but I've stuck a fork in the team this season for the time being because let's talk about the ineptitude on offense. That's what's broken 
right now for the Cincinnati Bengals. And the stuff that I'm just hearing come, that's oozing out of locker rooms from the sound bites and the, from the press, from the team, and from the coaches, from the players, I'm just not feeling the vibe. Like they found that elixir like they did last year, even the year before, to where they were just operating with this exuberant amount of confidence like they did the last two years. This year, they feel like that they coming into the season entitled that we did it the last two seasons. We are we are entitled to make it to the AFC Championship game because we should have actually been the team to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl last year. So now we are entitled to assume that we can kind of look beyond that and then foresee that happening again. No, and I'm not saying that that's exactly what they're doing or what they're saying, but that's the actions and the body language that, I tend to think when I'm watching them this season, they're operating with the mind frame of eventually it's going to just magically work itself out. Just keep doing what you're doing. And it's showing up on the field. That very first drive against the Tennessee Titans, I thought that just showed me like, oh, they actually got some creativeness beyond this. Now, you can take however you may with scripted plays or anything like that to the opening sequence of the first drive of a game. But it showed me that Okay, this I was correct on assuming that they're going to just wipe the flow with this Titans team. I would have loved for them to go for it on fourth down and get punched that bad boy in the end zone, and they ended up selling for three. But after that, you just immediately saw the regression that all they were going to do is do the exact same thing like they did against the last three opponents, and it just really didn't muster up anything offensively for real. And the Titans, meanwhile, almost was like, all right, we saw their open descriptive drive. Now let's see what they're going to be about and then just stick to the game plan that we know they're probably going to do, which is the exact same game plan in the formula that Cleveland did against us week one. And that was, as you mentioned, pin your ears back and rush the passer because we know Joe Burrow is limited in terms of his mobility. Not getting off that spot. And, and then get a nice little sustainable lead because we know they're going to be limited and really can't pass the ball right now. So it's almost like until they prove it, this is what the game plan is going to be. Now, I do think that they can write the ship in terms of who they have on the team. Obviously, we know Joe Burrow. I'm no longer giving the excuse when it comes to the calf. I'm done with that. There are other quarterbacks, including Joe Burrow in years past, that has played through injury and still performed better. This is just flat out unacceptable. And he even knows that. I don't have to tell him that to his face. I'm sure he is way harder on himself than any fan or any any hater probably is. He ain't caring about that. But I'm not giving him that excuse because I know what he's capable of and I've seen it. That's also why I'm like, okay, I know they can write the ship at some point. But at this point, man, you we got to see it. So, no, they're – I'm not willing to buy no more stock on this team for this season. They have disappointed me enough already. But at the end of the day, Joe Burrow's an elite quarterback. You know, they got elite weapons. Jamar Chase, presumably, we already know. I do feel like that they can still right the ship at some point, maybe even this weekend. But I'm still not going to be like, oh, where the Bengals were back if that were to happen. I got to see it for consecutive strings of wins in a row before I can be like, okay, now they've gotten themselves back on track and they're ready to kind of compete moving forward now. Yeah. You know, I had also down here uh, most frustrating thing in my notes um, now that we've digested uh, this past week. And I think we're all saying it. I think we're all on the offense has been the most uh, frustrating thing without a doubt. 
and maybe a little bit of the run defense here and there, but for the most part, it's been it's just been the offense has been putrid. Now, when you say don't sell your stock or whatever, um, I dabble with stocks. If, if you own a hundred shares of the Bengals right now, there's only one of two things that you can do. You can either sell it short the stock, or you can buy more of it while it's low and wait for it to, to come back up. Because I do believe it's going to come back up. Now, are they going to ride it fast enough to save this season and get back in the playoffs? I don't know. I said going into this, you know, I thought we were poised to have a great year, but I also had concern no one's ever won the AFC North three times in a row. So it, it, it's sticky, right? But we have to – they got to write that shit now. Um, we also touched on coach speak, uh, and, you know, we, we touched on it in the roaring reactions. But um, you know, this week, uh, Coach Taylor talked about um, the comments that we heard from Jamar Chase in the interview post game. Um, you know, the clip it that everybody takes out of it is I'm always effing open, right? Uh, because that makes headlines. That's fun. Uh, but if you listen to that whole two and a half minute rant that he goes on, um, it's not it's not that clip, right? It was uh, it was. I thought it was very astute of him. Um, Coach Taylor called it uh, said he showed great leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, said he loved his passion uh, and the statement he was fine with, especially in this whole totality. Tim, what what do you think of Jamar's take and say and statements in the interview? And what do you take what do you take with um, you know Coach Taylor's reaction to it? Jamar's statement, I don't really care that he said it. You know, it's fact. He he is open, you know, and, and I guess if we look at every single play, we know we'll see if it's true or false. But you know, it's Jamar Chase. You know, he, he's going to either be open or he's not. And he probably is open a lot. Um, but I'm happy to see him make that statement. Um, it shows that he is very passionate about the sport, about what his job is. Um, him being a leader in the locker room, you know, you know, that's what you expect from from these guys that have been playing ball, you know, if even if it's been a couple of years or 10 years or 20 years, whatever, you know, you've been playing or the job that you're at. Um, I, you know, I love that Jamar Chase said it. Um, I know Taylor said that, you know, it was um, outstanding statement that he made, you know, it showed true leadership in the locker room. And, um, you know, for the coach to say that, all of us should think that. That should be all of our thoughts of, you know what, at least somebody in that locker room is saying, you know what, yeah, I'm open or T's open or, you know, Mixon can run the ball for, you know, 3.5 yards of carry or five yards of carry, whatever it is. Somebody's actually making a statement instead of us getting these blanket statements from the coaches or from Joe Burrow going, oh, well, we just got to execute better the next week. We got to practice harder. You know, that's the same BS we've been hearing for the last four weeks. Yeah. It's about time Jamar Chase made that statement. 
Yeah, and you know what? The other thing that you don't hear in the statement is that he was baited into making that statement. And he right. said, well, what do they got to do to scheme you open to get you get you more touches? And he says, I'm always effing open. You know what I mean? And he should feel that way. He's Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. This is a yeah. guy that Joe Burrow feels the same way about him because Joe Burrow said, screw it. You know, Jamar Chase down there somewhere. That, yeah. You know, like, they, I think they have that same feeling. Justin, what do you think about it? For the starters, I'll just say this. I only just added a couple things to what Tim said because he pretty much just nailed it on the head of the coffin. I have absolutely no problem with Jamar's comments, and I don't care if it's the excerpt that they took there to create a headline. Because at this point, people kind of are already – fans are really savvy about how the media operates and stuff like that to kind of get clickbait material. We kind of know that nowadays. So there was nothing wrong. If if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't say, like, hey, you know, going forward. No, I would have said the same thing, probably worse, honestly. So I'm with him. And the other thing I'll just add to it is this, and then we can move on to the next topic. Jamar Chase is zero touchdown receptions in the end zone. He has zero. And is, we're four weeks in the season. He has a right to be angry. He has a right to be frustrated. He has a right to be pissed off. Hell, I'm pissed off for him. This dude also, and I get it, we're not in, we, we, we talk about NFL fantasy a lot of the times, more specifically on this show, if you listen to our preseason talks and stuff. Jamar Chase, for most of people's fantasy uh, drafts, was either the number one or the number two overall pick in most fantasy leagues. And he has disappointed most fantasy owners who has Jamar Chase, and it's not his fault. So with that being said, that should already tell you the nucleus of what he is and what he means to this team is that he is the one of the premier wide receivers, top five wide receivers, no doubt about it, and he can't even get in the end zone. And that's upsetting for him, and it's upsetting for the fans, and it's upsetting for the team, and it's upsetting for his quarterback, the coaching staff, the organization, because at the end of the day, we know that that domino is going to fall where he's got to get his paycheck, and he's going Mm -hmm. to be among the highest paid receivers in the league. And this is the result right now after four weeks? Yeah, I would be pissed off too. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals are one and three, and so am I because they're not giving the ball to Jamar Chase. I got him on my fantasy team. Let's go. All right. You just proved my point. With that said, uh, those of you on YouTube, we'll be back in three seconds. Those of you listening to us on podcast, we're about to pay some bills. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to Running Through the Jungle. I'm your host, Brandon Harriet, with your host, Justin Lacey and Tim Lyons. All right, we've got it off our chest. We feel a little bit better. That's behind us. We've got the Arizona Cardinals coming into town. They've looked better than we thought they would. Um, Josh Dobson right now is completing 20% more passes than, um, than than Joe Burrow. Who would have thunk that going into this game? Um but uh, concerns, what's your biggest concern about the matchup uh, going into this week? I'll throw it back to you, Justin. What, do you th- what are your thoughts? So the number one thought is that originally people thought that this team was going to be tanking for the number one overall pick before the season started. And this team is coming out, you know, playing with true heart and true character. John Gannon is not letting them quit. You know, they – 
I know their preseason game against the 49ers, the score was 35 to 16. But if you actually listen to our Cut to the Chase podcast with our own very own Chase Younts, I, him and I discussed, you know, the breakdown of the of that in the context of that game, whereas that that score was very misleading. The Arizona Cardinals really did dominate a lot of. I think I got muted for a second. Sorry about that. Um, my overall concern for this team is that the, the Bengals, if they are going to be able to come in there and win this game, they got it. So my number one concern about this Arizona Cardinals team is that I think that the Bengals – the Bengals may be walking into a, a trap, uh, like a real big time trap door, because the Bengals are a team that we used to be like, we'll walk in your trap, take over your trap kind of ordeal. But this Arizona Cardinals team is playing feisty. They're playing some feisty football right now, whereas before people had thought that this was going to be the team that's going to be the, um, the team that get the number one overall pick, you know, for the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And they're not playing like it. They sort of remind me of the 2019 Miami Dolphins. And everybody was talking about the tank for Tua Brigade. But Brian Flores wouldn't allow them to tank because he still wanted to win. Well, the similar thing is happening in Arizona. When I look back at their game from when they played last week against the 49ers, sure, the score may have indicated that the 49ers just whooped their ass. 35 to 16 was the exact score. But then I broke down every single drive. And I saw that really the, that score was misleading for real. And Arizona really dominated a lot of the time of possession and went on long, sustaining drives and actually got some points on the board. You know, they had some misfires. It was just unfortunate that every time the 49ers touched the ball, they just ended up scoring like it was nothing. You know, so this this Cardinals team is really feisty. It's not just that game. They've been doing this all season. They also just upset at the Dallas Cowboys the week before. The, that same Dallas Cowboys team that both you and me beat there have selected as this is going to be one of the best defensive fantasy football, and they are showing it. They went out. They went into Dallas and upset them and pulled off a really big convincing win. So this by no means is a game that the Bengals need to say is our get right game. The Arizona Cardinals are probably looking at us like, dude, we smelling blood in the water and we're going to put them out of their misery. We're going to put them out of their misery because they already just got thumped 27 to three to a mediocre to low, but below average Titans team. Dude, we we got offensive. We got some little bit of a, some tools ourselves to do that kind of damage, especially if Burrow's still mobility is limited. Come on now. That's my main concern about this Cardinals game for me personally. So I still think the Bengals can win, but they got to do they got to gut check themselves and realize that this is not a walk in the park game like we all thought it was. Yeah, I don't know that I'm ever going to use the phrase get right game again. I This just keeps backfiring in my face. So I, I'm going to avoid that. I, I, I've had a hell of a year of just every time I've said something about this team, the opposite immediately happens. You know, from the Burrow injury, um, mm -hmm. the Trey, Trey Hendrickson uh, extension, uh, get right game, whatever I say, they just do the opposite. So I think um, for those of you that watch me Friday nights on the uh, the Homies podcast over in Steel Curtain Network, I'm probably going to take the Cardinals. Just some reverse psychology, just yes. anything. I'm not, at this point, I'm drawing for straws. Tim, what's your uh, biggest concern going into this game with the Arizona Cardinals? 
Arizona has led three out of the four games they've played. They beat Dallas. That's their only win is against Dallas. My biggest concern is that Arizona is sixth or seventh in rushing in the NFL. Our, our defense isn't playing very good at all against the run. Um, also with Josh Dobbs and their wide receivers, you know, he's actually throwing the ball fairly well. Um, I think they're averaging 203 yards passing and a hundred, I think a hundred, like I said, 143 yards a game in rushing. Um, even though, you know, everybody counted, you know, Arizona out at the very beginning because, you know, Kyler Murray, he, who knows when he's going to be back. You know, they, they had, uh, Colt McCoy or whoever the hell it was as his quarterback. And then they brought Josh Dobbs in. Josh Dobbs is actually playing fairly well. They got Connor, uh, you know, he's running the ball really. I think he's averaging 50 plus yards a game. You know, my concern is, is our rush defense, you know, are we going to be able to, if, if we have a fairly well off or excuse me, pa uh, pass defense, our rush defense is what concerns me because they like Arizona likes to run the ball. Um, and then also with Joe, Joe Burrow, you know, is Arizona going to be blitzing six or seven, you know, are they taking notes from the Titans and in, in Cleveland, you know, saying, put pressure on him, put pressure on him. He ain't going nowhere. So those are my, those are my major concerns is, is, you know, Arizona, they ain't no, you know, ain't no chumps. I'm, I'm going to say they're not no chumps, but I did read that they are, uh, Seventh, the last in defense. They've allowed over 300 and some yards per game in defense. Yeah, they're so, uh, 25th, I think, ranked defense in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Justin. Tim, I just wanted to add on something, too, because I do want to give up the defense. Now, they do deserve some blame, but they, for me personally, they deserve the least amount of blame. I think I can help antiquate that the rush defense against the run so far this year. I just think that that's just more predicated how bad the offense are. You know, teams are really sort of – like, if you watch that Titans game, remember, man, they took a long time to get three points on the board on yeah. their first drive. That gave right. me a testament, man. This defense make them go hard <laughs> on the other side of the ball for them. Like, they got to earn it. And also, it's growing pains, man, to new new guys, on the whether if it's on the front line or the back end. It's growing pains defensively. We kind of knew that and expecting that going into the season. And they're still the better team. They're still the better side of the ball when it comes to this team. Um, right. I don't question the Bengals' run defense per se, but it, it they not let off the hook. But I do. I mentioned this on the cut to the chase pod with Chase Young's yesterday uh, when him and I recorded. Is that I think they're starting to lose that mental toughness edge, like we saw last year, two years in, two years ago. They're yeah. starting to lose that edge a little bit. It's not because. What was very alarming to me on the defensive side of the ball was just the missed tackles. Logan Wilson read a screen play that was just perfect. He read it perfectly, the check down, the Tajay Spears that Ryan Tannehill threw, and it would have been like a one- or two-yard loss. But then Wilson missed the tackle, and it ended up being a, a large gain. I think he may have gotten a first down in that play. That's the kind of stuff that I feel like that the defense is missing. Like It's not like they can't get their assignments right. They can get in this gap zones and whatnot. It's just discipline. Just, just make the play. You can make the play. I just think that's probably what's, what's is the issue for me with the defense side. They kind of give them a somewhat of a little bit of pass. They yeah. still get blamed. 
but not as much as to blame the offense. I just feel like the offense ain't did them no kind of favors at right. all this season. I, I, I don't can see your point there. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's all the defense's fault because, you know, as we know, if a team sits on the field for 43 freaking minutes out of, out of a one-hour right. game, the defense is going to be tired as hell. You know, I know on Sunday when we played against the Titans, I believe they missed 21 tackles because they were tired as hell. And, and I get, that. and I get that. I do. I get that. But my concern, though, is is if if we are not holding, you know, getting minutes with the ball on the drives in the offense, is our defense going to get a little tired? Because you know, this is four weeks of football. And our defense is spending a lot of time on the field. It don't matter if you're a pro athlete or not, you're going to get tired. And with the Arizona's run game is what I am majorly concerned about. So I got to be honest with you. My notes right here, 100% agree with you, Tim. Um, And to to shine a little little bit more um, (laughs) stats on on this that you were talking about, Bengals have the second worst run defense in the – in the uh, league. They give up second most yards, 157 uh, yards a game on a 5.1 per carry average. James Conner for the year, averaging 5.1 carry a carry. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he's getting, he's averaging about 80 yards a game. That's where I get concerned because I think, you know, watching them last week, their game was obviously to go, you know, for San Francisco was take the air out of the ball. They had 15 play drive. They had 16 play drive. They're trying to do that. And I think they're going to try and do the same thing to us while we're trying to get right. And then all of a sudden when they start doing those kind of things, if they can, can control the ball, can run it that way, it's going to put that much more pressure on our offense to perform when they do have the ball. I think that that's what we need to avoid right now. They need to go play with reckless abandon. I would, mm-hmm. if I was the offense, you're going against a 20, uh, 25th ranked defense. Um, I could, I can't name guys in their secondary. I would <laughs> go no. Maker. I would go no huddle. Yeah. I go no huddle. Like let's just yeah. play with some speed. I get they're trying to get Burrow under and get some, get his legs underneath him or whatever. Let's just play with some urgency. Let's when we do that, we look good. Let's do it. Let's run the ball, play with some urgency, get to the line of scrimmage, and go. I don't know if there's an issue of maybe conditioning with some of our offensive linemen or what, but I think we should play with a little more urgency. Um, Hell yeah, we should. That leads me into this. You know, I just gave you kind of my what What do I think we can take advantage of. There it is. Their defense is a little bit soft. Um, what do you guys think uh, that we can take advantage of, Justin? You know, I'll go right back to the comment that you just made about no huddle. It's really shocking how bad that they have not done the no huddle offense through the first four weeks of the season. They did it when it was too late. And it was like like the Ravens game more specifically. They now all of a sudden try to go up tempo on their final drive of the game when it's like, why didn't you have this urgency coming out of the first the, the first half? Well, to kind of keep going a bit. That's you know, that's very that's very problematic to me. You know and, what else happens when they go up tempo? Burrow calls some of those plays. Yes, he does. And that's the way that he's able to adjust himself on the fly instead of just always huddling up, moving such such a slow, rapid, slow race. It it, it makes me so angry when it's like, you know, hurry up. I never had this thought before 
when I was watching Burrow in this Bengals offense in the last couple of years. But this season, it's just very shocking to me that they have not done it. And you need to do it to neutralize some of this pass rush that's been very vicious on them. You need to do that to stop them from feeling like that they got a mental edge over you on that defensive side of the ball. And on top of that, it shows that you can get your stuff seatbelt locked in before they can try to come over and lock it in for you. That's how I feel, man. I think that's the number one thing that I feel like they should be absolutely be able to take advantage of. Because a team like the Arizona Cardinals, that's right now, they have they're young, they're they're young and dumb. Which I'll use that phrase. They're young and dumb. They're playing with a little bit of high energy, but they're super inexperienced right now. They're still not knowing how to win games outside of just playing with good fight. What tends to happen with those teams is that when they get a little bit overconfident, they crash and burn really hard. See the Carolina Panthers game that we played against them last year. We came yeah. off that horrible Monday night game against Cleveland. We lost our starting cornerback, Cheeto. And the Carolina Panthers just had a nice outing against the 49ers. I can't remember who they played. But they had a nice game. And then they smelled blood in the water. And they was thinking, ooh, we get to go play up to them since they played a wounded tiger. And then they got destroyed. And how did the Bengals beat them? By running the ball down their throats. And it was just some of the most beautiful, prolific, fast-paced offense that I've seen from that team as a, from last year. They got to sort of do that this time around. And, and I think the Cardinals are the perfect team to do that against if I'm the Bengals. Tim, what do you think is going to be our advantage that we can – we can get in this game. Where do you see an opportunity for us to get the W possibly? <laughs> Run the damn ball. Ah, yes. This is hey, for those that's watching on YouTube. For those that's watching on YouTube and seeing this, you should have seen the smirk on Tim's face. So I'm gonna say this. The reason why I'm saying this is this is. Arizona is allowing 4.4 yards a carry. They've allowed seven rushing touchdowns this year so far. Seven. If Joe cannot drop back, cannot get passes off, cannot get out of his own way because of his calf, run the damn ball. Joe Joe Mixon, I'm waiting for Joe Mixon to go, you know what? Hand me the effing ball because I'm going to get yards. You know, I'm waiting for somebody, for him to make this comment. Because 13 yards of carry the first game, 13, or I'm sorry, 13 rushing attempts the first game, 13 rushing attempts the second game. Uh, shoot, I can't remember what I think it was 12 or 13 against the Rams, 14 rushing attempts last week. Give him the damn ball. Yeah, he took a pay cut because he believed in the Bengals. And I'm gonna stay, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for Joe Mixon until they give him the damn ball and let him run for 100-plus yards, two touchdowns, or even throwing him the football, you know, because he's, 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 he's actually having a very good season for as little as we're doing. I believe Joe Mixon, get creative, excuse me, get creative, get creative. I know you guys want to sit in shotgun formations. That's fine. Put a damn uh, wide receiver motion. Put a tight end in motion. Do whatever. Put some, get creative with the shotgun formations or go into the pistols. There's a lot of pistol formations out there. A lot of pistol formations. I've seen them. Just because you're sitting in pistol formation, it's a hybrid of yeah, not under center, but 
if your five's back behind your center and Mixon's behind you. Get creative with those. And, and I know I'm beating a dead horse, but run the damn ball. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Run the damn ball. And then it's going to open up everything else for us. If Joe is being truthful with us and saying, you know what, I'm feeling better, you know, I'm feeling a little bit more mobile. If that's the case, running the damn ball, it's going to give Joe a chance to roll out, play actions, all kinds of different stuff. But Joe Mixon needs to get fed the football. I don't care who you are. Well, I'll tell you what, I think you're halfway into this next section, so I'm just going to run it right back to you. Yes. Let's go ahead. Let's let's hear your game ball predictions and your game score prediction. Who Who's going to get your offense and defensive uh, game balls, and what's the score going to be? <laughs> Do it. Well, you know what's funny too. is my game ball prediction is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's going to get the – I don't care – I don't care if they if he only runs the ball 14 times today or on Sunday in Arizona and ends up having 60 yards, 70 yards rushing, or if he gets four or five receptions for 60 yards. Joe Mixon is my offensive game ball. Defensive game ball, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of in a struggle here. Because Dax Hill, Dax Hill's been playing great football, even with the loss against the the Titans last week. You know, we we all picked Dax Hill last week, if I remember correctly, didn't yeah, we? I think he got it. I mean, he got a pick. And, and, I, and he all – exactly. Look, look good. But my homeboy Hubbard, I'm like going, man, is he going to get two sacks? He's going to get like, you know, some, some tackles for losses, you know. But unfortunately, I'm going with Dax Hill again. Because Dax Hill is a future Pro Bowler, you know he might be. A, he, you never know. He might sneak into the Pro Bowl this year, but next year more than likely. But I'm gonna say Dax Hill. Um, my prediction for the game is gonna be 27-24 Bengals. I'm gonna say we're gonna win by by a field goal. Um, I don't think we're gonna blow them out. I don't think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I think it's gonna be a scrappy, you know, must win. This is a must win for us. These next 13 games is a must win for us. So don't ever anybody ever ask me that question. Is this game a must win? All these next 13 weeks, well, I'm sorry, 14 weeks, but 13 games is a must win for the Bengals. Yeah. But I'm going to say 27 to 24 Cincinnati. If you had said 27, 24 uh, for this game going into the season, it would have been a grave disappointment right now. I'll take it. Yeah. But Justin, what is, uh, what do you got? Offensive and defensive man, game balls and game prediction. Man, it, I'm going to talk. I'm going to try to end this on a positive note because I know I, when we started this episode, I was just kind of just saying, stick a fork in us, we're done. That doesn't mean I'm saying that we're not going to win the game the rest of the season. But I'm going to kind of jump on the same train that you, you're on, Tim, because I absolutely agree with you. This is this is all the makings for Joe Mixon uh, game to put the team on his back for the time being until the, ver the rest of the team gets right. Um, and he is going to be my game ball prediction uh, for the offensive side of the ball. Defense, hey, I picked Dax Hill last week. I'm going to do it again this week. Um, he does give me some Buda Baker-like qualities, and I really do enjoy that when I watch him play. Um, it's crazy because Buda Baker plays for the Cardinals, and I don't even think he's – I don't know if he's even going to be on the field on Sunday. 
uh, or if he's out for a season, whatever the case is, the situation. I know it's just been ugly for him there. Uh, as far as score prediction goes, man, I don't even know. I'm going to still predict a low-scoring game until the Bengals prove that they get it right offensively. And that – oh, sorry, kind of a little burp there. And that, for me, is going to be 17-13 Bengals. I do not think they cover the spread. Four-and-a-half-point favorites right now leaning towards the Bengals. Um, that's, where I, that's where I'm going to go for now. They get two ugly grinded-out touchdowns. The Cardinals are going to probably find a way of struggling offensively there because the Bengals' defense, for all this being said about you know how they perform, they've kind of kept these te- this team afloat throughout the four weeks, regardless of how they looked on the stat sheet, for real. I'm watching just with my eyes, and I know what I'm seeing from this pass rushing unit. DJ Reader's still there, and he can clog up the middle. He's made some nice hits on some of these guys here. Um, and like we mentioned, Dax Hill, he's kind of growing into this big-time player on the back end. I don't trust the corner still yet, but they're young. They got to grow. And Cheeto still got to come back from his injury. So I'm with the same predictions um, as far as the game ball goal as Tim. Joe Mixon on offense, Dax Hill on defense. But my score prediction is sum it up for me, 17-13 Bengals. Get out of there with a win. You need it. I'm, we're desperate at this point. I, uh, I will tell you this, the official gambling site of the Fans First Sport Network, my bookie, uh, I use their app. If you haven't checked it out, you should. It's pretty sweet. Uh, 270 prop bets on most of these games. It's a lot of juice. Um, but they got us at plus – they got us at minus three right now. A three game, oh, three points. Oh, the line went down. The line, line went down. And I put it on pay dirt on my stay away from it. Avoid the game. Don't bet it. Don't. There's nothing that, like I like to look for things that I know I can hang my hat on. You know, like this defense is going to show up. This offense is going to show up. This is, they're going to do this well. They're going to do that well. I don't know what the hell we're going to do. I don't know what the hell Arizona is going to do. I'm out. I'm, I'm not touching this game with a 10-foot pole. No. No. Thank you. Um, so, so before you give your prediction, so it so it opened up at four and a half, and now it's at three mm-hmm. for the Bengals mm-hmm. because they already know people are going to bet the under for the Cardinals uh, and bet the uh, well bet the Cardinals to cover, and yeah. that's why probably why that line has moved. So, I'm with you. I'm staying away from this game. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not giving the clean sweep this week. I'm not giving it to anybody, and it's not because I'm I'm zigging instead of zagging on this one. I didn't have either one of those names on this piece of paper. My offensive game ball goes to Squeaky Wheel gets the oil. Jamar Chase going to get eight for 115 and a touchdown. We're going to feed him. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a couple of uh, jet sweeps as well and gets some rushing yards. So I like Jamar Chase for my offensive game ball. My defensive game ball, and this guy's been pretty close to uh, – some turnovers, some picks, uh, calls fumbles, uh, play a pretty good ball, hadn't quite got that full game in yet. He came close when you took him last time, Justin, but I'm going to go Jermaine Pratt. I think with their tendency to want to run the ball, control that clock, I think Pratt's going to have to be big and stepping up and getting in those holes and filling, filling those gaps and making tackles. I, get, I think he gets double-digit tackles, and I think he causes a fumble. 
Um, James Conner has had a tendency to fumble the ball from time to time. That uh, was an issue when he was in Pittsburgh. So I'm going to I'm gonna say a cause fumble, two tackles for loss, and double-digit tackles. So those are my game balls. And in this addition to how could this season get any worse, my score prediction is 20 to 20. Tie game. Oh, goodness. <laughs> So that is my really score prediction. Really, oh my gosh, I can really see that. And we're just like, oh my gosh, we can just really get any uglier. And it, oh, listen, the only reason that I'm picking it is so if it does happen, I laugh about it instead of cry. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just on, shut the man. show off. We're done. Yeah, on, what a great show. Get it together. Please go get us this win. Please hit like, subscribe, thumbs up, share with your friends. Cut this clip out and share it with whoever you want to. 20 to 20 tie. Please be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Who day? Who day?